It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Sky is the limit. Great Biggie and 112 song. And it's also the same for the Green Bay Packers. Now moving forward. We are on Sportsman Life, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Chris Canty. I've been Cohen with you. We are here on ESPN Radio, ESPN U. Michelle Smallman back with us on a Monday. You can tune into college basketball action tomorrow, Texas and Baylor. Coverage begins 1130 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. When we look at the Niners and the Packers this weekend, it is amazing that we are here with these two teams, specifically Green Bay, because of the fact that so much was made about the decision to let go of Aaron Rodgers. They make that decision. They trade him to the Jets. All of the conversation about how great the Jets could be. Four plays in, unfortunately for Rodgers and the Jets, basically the season ends and then we kind of pay attention to Jordan Love, and he started out hot at a lot of multi-touchdown, no-interception games. Then he took a dip. Now he's back, and now he's in the postseason one win away from going to an NFC Championship game in his first year as a starting quarterback, but CC is on the road at maybe the best team in the NFL. Yeah, there's no question about it, but Jordan Love has been the hottest quarterback in the NFL since Week 11. I, I mean, that's, that's not hyperbole. I mean, the guy has been outstanding. I mean, he absolutely carved up the Dallas Cowboys defense, the top-five outfit from the 2023 season. So in seeing how poised he was, uh, the playmaking, the off-platform throws, and the efficiency which, which he was able to operate, I mean, I don't know how you can't feel great about his ability to give his team a puncher's chance on the road against San Francisco. Would that be the biggest upset of the weekend in your mind? No. What biggest would upset be? would be the Texans over the Ravens. Because? Well, Baltimore has the best defense in the NFL. Baltimore has the quarterback that's going to win the MVP. Baltimore has a championship-winning head coach. That's it's a, it? It's a, rookie, it's, a rookie, <laughs> it's a rookie quarterback, a rookie head coach. So, I, yeah, yeah. It's, that would be the biggest upset. Yeah, I mean, I think either one of them would be enormous. Either one of the. It's interesting because we have built, I think, properly so, Kansas City and Buffalo is the game of the weekend. Regardless of result, if Green Bay beats San Francisco or Houston beats Baltimore, does that automatically jump to the top story on Monday? Or because this is where we're, we have such an interesting look out uh, outlook. Yeah, that's the word outlook for this weekend. It's you feel like Kansas City and Buffalo are more of even ish matchups, right? Sure. So two teams that you could see going to a Super Bowl, juggernaut type teams, maybe going up against each other feels like a huge game. But the hypothetical of the Green Bay Packers with Jordan Love after all of the Rodgers drama going and beating San Francisco, and San Francisco would then have not a single postseason win this year. Same thing there with Houston, rookie quarterback, rookie coach, as you said, going on the road and beating Baltimore. Would that trump whatever happens in that Kansas City-Buffalo game? Yes. Yes. I I absolutely think it would because all of a sudden you're talking about the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans being in the conference championship game with a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback. If we're talking about the Green Bay Packers upsetting the 49ers, that would mean Jordan Love in his first year as the starter replacing Aaron Rodgers running Matt LaFleur's offense for the first time got to the conference championship game. And now we're comparing Jordan Love 
to Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. So either one of those becomes the headline over Josh Allen beating Pat Mahomes or the outcome of that Chiefs-Bills game, period. Which is remarkable considering how big the Chiefs-Bills game has been billed this weekend. Yes. But at the same time, it would be a changing of the guard kind of thing because Jordan Love is not considered one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but should be. C.J. Stroud, we've said, is a top 10 quarterback, but it would catapult himself into that top five status. And then the fallout of Lamar Jackson and Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy specifically, probably not as much John Harbaugh, but Lamar Jackson, Brock Purdy, Kyle Shanahan, specifically those three would be the ones that we would totally look at differently if they were to lose this weekend. And we have a chance this weekend for massive upsets, which normally this late into the season, there is no such thing as a massive yeah, upset. Yeah, so let me ask you this question. Does it automatically become more of a coronation for C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love, or does it become an indictment on Kyle Shanahan, Lamar Jackson, and the Baltimore Ravens? Well, you know the answer. It's different on each of them. So with Kyle Shanahan, it's about Jordan Love. So it's a coronation of Jordan Love as one of the very best quarterbacks in this league. The other one, it's all about Lamar. I don't even know that. Wow. Well, do you disagree? Well, I mean, we can't talk about how good C.J. Stroud has been and how much he's turned that organization around and then say, yeah, well, he beat Lamar Jackson, the MVP, and all of a sudden it's not about C.J. Stroud being good but about Lamar not being able to win playing that style of football. Oh, I'm not saying it's right. But if you tell me right now that the Baltimore Ravens, that both of these crazy upsets happen, Right, yeah. And what's the storyline that, that everyone, including us, will be talking about or reacting to on Monday? If the Niners lose to the Packers, it's Aaron Rodgers becomes the story. Yes. It's Jordan Love surpassing him for this season. It's Matt LaFleur doing it his way versus Rodgers' way. It's Brian Gutenkunst making the right move. And maybe the only question with him is, should you have done it a year earlier? Yes. Right? So that's all off of the Aaron Rodgers tree. The other way should be what you said. Holy crap. C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryans as rookies in their respective jobs taking over this franchise that was a mess that you always say, rightfully so, a pastor was running the football program, <laughs> right? The Patriots pastor, the Texans gave personnel control, yeah. right? If you think it's going to be about that on Monday, you're, you're not paying attention. And I know you pay attention as much as anyone. You know that that is going to be a lobster with drawn butter for those ready to eat that hate Lamar Jackson. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the crowd that was backing Bill Polian that was saying Lamar Jackson should change positions rather than coming to the NFL as a quarterback. Like, that 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 crowd, this outcome with C.J. Stroud getting to the conference championship game would only serve to affirm their confirmation bias. And I hate that because that's putting a lot into one game for Lamar Jackson. Now, pressure is a privilege. He's earned the right. There really is nothing else for him to accomplish other than winning a Super Bowl. And so everybody wants to see him have that postseason success. Again, when you win multiple MVPs, and and we think we're on the eve of him winning his second MVP, you are now going to be a guy that wears a gold jacket. If you're going to be a Hall of Famer, you've got to have more postseason success than Lamar has shown in his career. And I think that's the thing that everybody is waiting on. You have home field advantage. You got the more experienced coach who's won a Super Bowl. You've got a, a, a the best defense in the NFL. Why can't you get this done? Like that would be the question. You got weapons now. That's not the excuse. You got receivers. You know, Mark Andrews might play, but even if he doesn't, you got Isaiah Likely. You got you know a running game now with Gus Bus, and you've got uh, Dalvin Cook that they just signed. So I mean, you've got all the elements that you need in order to win. If you lose to a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback. With an upstart franchise, I, it's, 
it, that that becomes hard to gloss over. It should be about C.J. Stroud's greatness. It's not going to be. But we know it won't be. Yeah. It'll be about the the individual accolades not necessarily, you know, being something that matters when it comes to the resume, the legacy of Lamar Jackson. Listen, you and I are both Lamar supporters. But it's one of these things where if he loses this weekend, we're, we got to give him some hits on Monday too, right? Like no I, doubt. I'm a Mike McCarthy guy, right? When they lost on Monday, I came in here and I said, I have no defense because that was awful to lose that way to that team. But it is an interesting concept of what is the most realistic, huge story that could happen this weekend that you could foresee coming, right? Because is it the upset of the Ravens? Is it the upset of the Niners? Is it just a showdown between Josh Allen and Mahomes? Is it the idea of just the Lions or Bucks being in the NFC Championship game, which obviously one of them would be? Write us the biggest headline for Monday. Go ahead. Let me, ask you, let, let me ask you this question. Who takes a bigger hit if they lose? Lamar Jackson. Say they both lose. Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen both lose. Who takes the bigger hit? That's easy. Lamar Jackson, because he lost to a rookie coach and a rookie quarterback. Josh Allen, it's, well, he lost to Mahomes and Reed. 888-SAY-ESPN wow. is the number to be a part of the show. Write us the big headline for Monday. What like What's the most realistic big headline on Monday? Because what we just discussed is the idea that Kansas City and Buffalo, while a showdown would not be as big as a massive upset with the Niners or the Ravens. Ben in Denver, listening on 104.3 in Denver. What's up, Ben? Hey, what's up, guys? Love the show. Hey, uh, so I think I think this year and the playoffs, I think this is a case of out of sight, out of mind. I mean, Joe Burrow, you know, we're, we're putting Josh Allen on this pedestal, yet he's never won anything. Joe Burrow goes into Buffalo, beats him every time. He goes to Kansas City, beats him every time. I mean, it, it's. I think it's Mahomes, yes, number one. But I think Joe Burrow, just because he's not playing, it seems like we just kind of shrove him off. But he's right there. He's number two, even above Lamar, probably co- close to three. But, I mean, Joe Burrow's the next Brady, guys. Why are we, just because he's not playing, oh, that's it, we kind of forget about him. Well, yeah, well Joe, because well, Tom, he's not playing. Tom Brady finishes seasons. Joe Burrow, has, he's missed two of the last four endings of this season. Well, So that's yeah. a problem. There's oh, there's so much positive to be said about Burrow. Yeah, I love Burrow. I think Burrow is a top three quarterback. I guess my whole point is I'm not forgetting about Joe Burrow. I, I'm assigning that level of success. Joe Burrow took the think about it. Joe Burrow took the Cincinnati Bengals to the Super Bowl in year two. The Cincinnati Bengals went to the Super Bowl with Joe Burrow. Well, but the main reason, CC, that Joe Burrow's name has come up today is because if we use the logic that people are using to crown the Bills and Josh Allen, yeah. Joe Burrow is better at that logic than Josh Allen and the Bills. If it's matchups against Mahomes in terms of this big rivalry, they have the same amount. And in those ma- to each, in those matchups, Burrow has a win. Allen does not. Yes. Burrow's gone to a Super Bowl. Allen has not. So we're not trying to bring up Joe Burrow. We're doing it only in the those that want to crown Allen is right there with Mahomes. Using that criteria, you have somebody better to do that with. Yeah, plus, again, like you said, Joe Burrow's not playing. There's nothing that Joe Burrow can do right. to advance his cause. So Joe Burrow's kind of where he's at because he's not on the field right now. That being said, if the Bills and the Ravens lose... Here's where I will push back on your opinion. Even though Lamar is going to catch most of the heat, that will be the headline. Joe yeah. Burrow will be the footnote. I mean, Joe, Josh Allen will be the footnote. Yes. But I guess my whole point is, if Lamar Jackson loses this weekend to the Texans, I still look at Lamar Jackson as a top five, top, well, let me say this, top four quarterback and in that first tier. If Josh Allen loses this game against Pat Mahomes, I don't look at Josh Allen as a top four, top five quarterback anymore. I, I totally agree with you. So you I, see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, I think so, that's I think that's the difference. So do it. 
this on Monday would be whatever day it is, January 21st, 2nd, whatever it is. Yeah. So on January 21st, 2nd, whatever day it would be on Monday, the story will be Lamar Jackson. In March and in April, when we're talking about QB rankings, the story will then go back to Josh Allen doesn't have what Lamar has. When we have separation from it and we're saying, all right, who's after Mahomes? We will then rightfully bring up, well, Lamar Jackson's got two MVPs, and neither Lamar nor Josh Allen have playoff team success. So where am I going to go on this? I'll go with the guy that has the two MVPs. I'm going to tell you this. If if both of them lose this weekend, mm-hmm. Josh Allen is not a top five quarterback. Lamar Jackson is. And you know who's that fifth quarterback? It's C.J. Stroud. It's C.J. Stroud. I'm going there. That's where I'm going. If you, as C.J. Stroud, a rookie quarterback – Go in and beat the Baltimore Ravens on your way to the conference championship game. You're a top five quarterback in the league based on where that franchise was. That's what my top five would be. In no uncertain order other than Pat Mahomes being number one, it would be Burrow. It would be Lamar. It would be C.J. Stroud. Like That would be the top five quarterbacks that I have in this league. And to be clear, to add up one other level of context, what C.C. is saying is for later is obvious. But for now, he's top five. That's the big key on this. For later, next 10 years, of course you would look at Stroud. He's saying for next year, top five. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We've been saying wow about Jordan Love for the last half of the NFL season. Along with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Here on ESPN Radio, ESPNU, Michelle Smallman back with us on Monday. Leroy Butler is a Hall of Famer, played with the Green Bay Packers, won a Super Bowl with them, and he joins us now to talk about his team against the Niners this weekend. The word you would use, Leroy, about your emotions... If Green Bay wins this weekend, it would make you feel how? It would make me feel amazing, just like watching Cowboy fans on TikTok and social media. <laughs> I'll be elated. <laughs> Leroy, I'm keeping it 100. <laughs> Leroy, how does the feel around the team and the perception of Jordan Love compare to when Aaron Rodgers went on his first playoff run? 
I tell you what, Chris, with these guys, they're, this is not a band with a lead singer. It's an orchestra. Everybody counts from percussion to the guy playing the triangle way to the left. But his parents are still in the audience like, you go, baby. That's the fan base. We want everybody to win. And that's why Joy Love in the offseason, they got with these guys, Chris, when we gave them the keys to the franchise. Okay, just go do it and we'll help you. So I'm not surprised by him and a guy like Brock Purdy who had great years because they have coaches that can help them and they reach out to coaches to give them tools. Of course it was rough, you know, at the beginning. But what came around was Jordan said, you know what, let's take it to another level. That's what I like, that's what you like. But I'm going to do the overall concept of this system with these young guys, and we can all, it's on the job training. So if a guy, you know, doesn't know something, you don't kind of put him down. If I don't know something, they don't put me down. It's just refreshing to see these guys that nobody even knows, you know, receiving core, if you take away their phone. And I think they like that, though. And I think that's the reason why they've been winning on this, like, the last four or five games. Talk with the Hall of Famer and Super Bowl champion for the Packers, Leroy Butler, here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, along with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, with you. Leroy, the Packers would have been better or worse with Rodgers this year? Uh, I think they would have been the same. But from last year, you get what I'm saying? Last year, we had a chance. Detroit. Congratulations, Detroit, by the way, because I like the fact that somebody in the North is is killing it. We had a chance to beat them and we couldn't do it. So it was about, you know, a lot of different, you know, personalities and different, uh, you know, way of doing things. And I get that. But this way, we're going to learn together. It was just refreshing to a young guy like Wicks who's a late-round pick, a Bo Melton, number 80, by the way, who was on the practice squad three times, and we just signed him because that was our last time doing it. We got rookie tight ends, Tucker Kraft, uh, Musgrave. Veteran quarterbacks don't want to play with all these babies. They want to play with veterans. So we chose to go a different way, and I think we're just so happy to have love. Put it that way. So far, real quick, to your question, I'm glad Gutekunst in 2020 said, you know what? I want to be good four years from now. Yes, everybody wants me to get a receiver. Everybody wants me to get all these weapons. But what about in four years, the team's going to be terrible? And then how am I going to be viewed? Now I'll be viewed as a guy that's borderline genius. He got all these, the youngest team in the league. I tell you what, Matt LaFleur needs a Nobel Peace Prize for getting this team in the second round of the playoffs. And, and Leroy, to that point, I, I mean, Matt LaFleur, this is really his first year with his offense the way that he wants right. it because, you know, you had Aaron Rodgers' way of doing things the last few years. So this is really his first year of having the offense just the way that he wants it. And in the 7 o'clock hour of our show this morning, we had Dan Graziano, ESPN reporter, on. And he called Matt LaFleur the hottest play caller in the NFL right now. What are you seeing in these games that Matt LaFleur is doing 
to allow all of those young guys that you mentioned to have the kind of success that we saw, especially in Dallas last week? Chris, we don't have a depth chart. Who wants to play? You remember the, the playground? You just come in and we draw it in the dirt once and everybody knows. You may have to play the X this week. No, Christian Watson's not here. You got to play the Z. No, Jalen Reed is the move guy, but he's missing a game. Well, Bo Melton, you got to play that position. Brabo, our wide receiver coach, is getting these guys ready. And now every week it's a different guy. Because last week, Bo Melton, I think he caught one ball. Christian Watson caught one. Jaden Reed didn't catch a ball. He's our leading receiver. They didn't turn over the water jug. They didn't throw over the kicking net. They didn't scream to the media. I didn't get any passes. They were celebrating with Romeo Dobbs. That's how you win games. That's how you win it. These guys don't know what's around the corner because they're new. Most of these guys would have been playing in bowl games or home with their family, eating potato salad, getting ready for the uh, weekend uh, playoffs. But they're in it. And it may rain. So these guys are thinking, if it rains, I know they got an all-star team. I know they got all these Pro Bowls and all-pro, but weather sometimes levels the playing field. Leroy, let's finish with this. How does this Green Bay Packers team, led by Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love, go into San Fran and beat clearly the best team in the NFC this weekend? They got a great game plan. They got a great game plan because the game plan has to be mentally like we did in 1995 when Coach Holmgren said we're going to San Francisco. No one's going to give us a chance. But what we have stayed up for 19 hours a day to coach it. We got a great game plan for you. And when these guys buy in like they have, they're going there to win. They're not going there with house money and all that. No, 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 no. They're going there to win, hopefully, and play in the NFC Championship game, the youngest team in the league. And I think this is going to be a documentary. When Jordan Love is on the cover of the CD or download, however you get your stuff, and you're going to see him with his hands out and all these young guys are under his tutelage, it's a great movie. Wow, the Packers 2023-2024 documentary just released by Leroy Butler as a result of this <laughs> this weekend. Leroy, thanks yeah. so much for a couple of minutes. Have fun watching it this weekend. Always a pleasure. Take care, guys. All right, there's Leroy Butler, uh, Hall of Famer, of course. Green Bay Packers. Boy, would that be an upset. Would that be an absolute upset if they went in and beat San Francisco this weekend? I disagree on one thing. They What's are that? playing with house money. They can lose this. If this weekend yeah, is 31-7, yeah, it yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, they're they're nine-and-a-half-point dogs right now. Like, I mean, yeah, it, that's that's a big number for a playoff game. If they were to win this game, like beating Dallas and San Francisco on the road in back-to-back weeks in the postseason, I'd say a hell of a lot about the sports character of their team and what their quarterback Jordan Love is made of. Coming up, can he or can't he next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Kenny? Kenny? Oh, oh Kenny. This is not hard-hitting analysis. It's not that. Can he or can't he? That is the question. Can he or can't he? Brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by today along with the canty part of can he or can't he. Evan Cohen with you. Smalls back with us on Monday. All right, here we go. I'm going to give you the canty or canties. You're going to tell me the answer to these questions. Can yep. Josh Allen finally beat Pat Mahomes in the place? But okay, I'm already have an issue with these questions. Finally, they've played twice. We make it seem like these guys, this is like Yankees, Red Sox. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes have played twice. We would not have the same conversation about Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. It drives me crazy. We, we, we're acting as if there's this 10-year history of these guys playing in the playoffs. Anyway, sorry. Can Josh Allen finally beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs? He can. Now, that doesn't mean I think he will. I, I think he can. But the biggest issue that I see for the Buffalo Bills is Josh Allen turning the ball over. I don't know how many times I've said it, but I'm going to say it again for the people in the back. Like, the, Josh Allen is the reason why both teams are always in the game because he might be the most singular talent at the quarterback position we've ever seen, but he also turns the ball over a hell of a lot. 45 turnovers in his last 38 games. That's a problem. So if you're going to give extra possessions to Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid, short fields to those guys, that's not going to work out well for you if you're the Buffalo Bills. And Steve Spagnuolo might be the best big game defensive coordinator outside of Bill Belichick that we've seen over the last two decades. So, yes, he can win the game against the Chiefs because he's got the better team, but that doesn't mean he will. Canny or canty, Josh Allen over under one and a half passing touchdowns against the Chiefs. I always tell the guys, we need clarification. Does a passing touchdown count if it's thrown to the other team and they run it back for a touchdown? No, that doesn't count. Okay, I just want that doesn't with, count with on Josh the stat Allen. Sheet. I got to ask that question. <laughs> that doesn't count on the stat sheet, but he can't. But that may not happen. He, he can't. Josh Allen is not going to throw for multiple passing touchdowns because passing touchdowns don't come easy against this Chiefs defense. They've given up the fourth fewest passing touchdowns this season, and when you think about it, it doesn't play into the Buffalo Bills' formula for success as postseason competition stiffens. Less is more when it comes to dropbacks for Josh Allen, so I anticipate this being a run-centric game plan because if the Chiefs' defense can get got anywhere, it's in the run game. And so I think this is a game where you feature Josh Allen's legs just as much as you think about productivity in the passing game. I'll go as far to say this, and I'm a Josh Allen hater like you are, or at least we're labeled that. If Josh Allen throws under 20, 2-0, 20 times this weekend, I think they win. Oh, no question. I don't 20. Think it's, I don't think it's even a question, but here's the thing. If you go back to when Joe Brady took over as the offensive coordinator, this team 
leads the league in rush attempts and rush first downs. So it's not just you and I saying less dropbacks is better for Josh Allen. That's the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills saying the same damn thing. Yep. They're leading the league in rush attempts since Joe Brady took over. And guess what? They're 7-1. and one. They're 7-1. and one. Patrick Mahomes over under 253.5 passing yards against the Bills. <sighs> I am going to say that Pat Mahomes, I think he can go over that number. Because I think the Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs offense is hearing a lot of the noise. And I get it, Isaiah Pacheco, that that's kind of been the focal point for their last couple of postseason runs. And it certainly was last week against the Miami Dolphins. But I think this is more of a game plan specific offense with the Chiefs more so than they've ever been. And I think this is a situation where they try to take advantage of the back seven for the Buffalo Bills. There's some injuries on the back end of that Bills defense. Terrell Bernard, their inside linebacker, went out last week. Not sure that he's going to play. So this is a situation where you can exploit A.J. Klein and some of the guys that are going to be in coverage for the Bills. I think they take full advantage of that with Travis Kelsey and Rashi Weiss. So I'm going over 253 and a half passing yards for Pat Mahomes. All right, next one. Can or can't he? Brought to you by Granger. Can Jordan Love and the Packers upset the Niners? He can't. And as much as I love Jordan Love, you know, ladies love Cool J too. As much as I love Jordan Love dropping back and play action, licking his lips and dicing apart secondaries, it ain't going to happen this week. The San Francisco 49ers, going back to the start of 2022, are 5-0 when they have over a week's worth of rest, their starters haven't played in a meaningful game since week 17 of the regular season three weeks ago. So I just think that you're going to get the best version of the San Francisco 49ers. Kyle Shanahan and his current core of players have proven that they can handle the extra rest. So when we have the rust versus rest debate, they're always on the right side of it. And we know that this team, more so than any team in the playoffs, relies on health of their key players in order to have success. So I'm going to say, as much as I love Jordan Love, he can't pull off the upset this weekend. When Brock Purdy, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, and Trent Williams play games from start to finish, they don't lose. Christian McCaffrey over under 129 and a half scrimmage yards. Over! He can! Over! Over! I think this is going to be a big day for Christian McCaffrey. I'm thinking a buck fifty and a couple of tuds. Like, this guy is going to be, like, a Christian McCaffrey that is off of several weeks rest, that is dangerous. I think the 49ers pummel that defensive front for the Green Bay Packers, and Christian McCaffrey ends up being the hammer for that. And, of course, we know Kyle Shanahan likes to deploy him in the passing game, utilize him in the screen game, but also lining him up in the slot, lining him up out wide, and taking advantage of mismatches. So over, well over 129.5 total scrimmage yards. Next one, can C.J. Stroud with the Texans outplay Lamar Jackson in Baltimore? He can't. He can't. He's going up against a defense that's a triple crown winner. What do I mean by that? They led in points per game. They led in sacks, and they led in takeaways. Now, no Marlon Humphrey. That's a bit of a concern, but that secondary is still damn good with Kyle Hamilton, Geno Stone, and Marcus Williams. Uh, I like their ability uh, to be able to get after the quarterback. And between those two animals on the inside with Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen, they are going to be multiple, and they are going to give C.J. Stroud fits. And let's not forget this. Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens, he was also the defensive coordinator once upon a time at Michigan, gave C.J. Stroud all kinds of problems when Ohio State matched up against them, and they had, what, 
Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. I mean, think about it. That's pretty good receiver. So, I mean, I, I think that this is a game that's going to be tough for C.J. Stroud. He hasn't looked like a rookie in big moments. This is finally the game where he does look like a rookie. Juicy nugget there with the Michigan-Ohio State. Like that. Ohio State, by the way, reportedly naming Bill O'Brien, uh, former Patriots office coordinator and Alabama office coordinator. Is that OC. a good thing? I think so, but I'm... I, I, how he ended up from working for Belichick to go there is very confusing to me overall. Very, very strange. Uh, Lamar Jackson. I'm sorry, CJ Stroud. Over under 238 and a half passing yards against the Ravens. I'm actually going over. I think he can get over that number because they will be trailing in this game, playing from behind, a lot of pass attempts. So I'm going over that number. CJ Stroud over 238 and a half passing yards. Uh, Lamar Jackson next. Over 18 and a half completions against the Texans. I'm going to go slightly over. On that number. 20 of 28, something like that? Yeah, 20, 28, 21 or 30, something like that. Like, Yeah, I, I think Lamar Jackson has that kind of game. They do it on the ground uh, to close out the game, but they score. So it's like Mike Tannenbaum always says, you, you throw to score and you run to win. I think that's the formula for the Baltimore Ravens. So look for Lamar, action, Lamar Jackson to be action Jackson in the passing game in the first half and look for them to grind that game out in the second half. So I'm going over 18 and a half passing attempts. I mean, passing completions, but barely. This is an interesting one. Can Baker Mayfield make the Cleveland Browns look bad with a win on Sunday? Prove them wrong. He can. He can. And I know you disagree with this <laughs> yeah. one, but think about the quarterback situation for Cleveland. Think about how much they invested in getting Deshaun Watson in the post-Baker Mayfield era. That was an awful, awful organizational decision. But they were chasing trying to save face after jettisoning a number one overall pick in a quarterback-rich draft that featured Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. They were trying to chase after being right with the quarterback spot, and they went with Deshaun Watson, which was the quote-unquote proven commodity. And and yet, Baker Mayfield is the guy that's playing for a chance to go to the conference championship game, not Deshaun, and Deshaun's been there a couple of years. Here's why I say he can't make them look bad. There are circumstances in sports and in life where two parties have to divorce. That doesn't mean they can't get remarried somewhere else and be Mm. happy. That doesn't mean, oh, well, we should have stayed married because you're happy in your second marriage. It's like James Harden, weird one, but you said, I said, the Sixers have to get rid of him. They had to. He's good with the Clippers. For now. For now, I agree. That doesn't necessarily mean that the Sixers should have held on to him. The Baker Mayfield stuff was so dramatic, the time had passed with the Browns. All right, next one. Last one here. Can he or can't he? Brought to you by Granger. Jared Goff, over under 281.5 passing yards. I'm going to go under because I think this is a game where the Detroit Lions are going to run the football. And here's the thing. Jared Goff's high watermark for passing yards this season came against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Todd Bowles is a really good defensive coordinator. He knows he can't blitz this Detroit Lions offense 60% of the time like he did with the Philadelphia Eagles. They're going to have answers. Josh Reynolds, Amon Ross, St. Brown, those guys are way too good to leave them isolated one-on-one coverage. I think this is a situation where Todd Bowles backs off a little bit in terms of all of the, the kitchen sink blitzes. And that means that Jared Goff and that Lions offense is going to be forced to be a little more patient. So I'm going to go under that mark of 283 and a half passing yards for Jared Goff. Can or can't he? Brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call, click, Granger.com, or just stop by today. Coming up, 
Is Lamar Jackson playing for his legacy this weekend? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are unsportsmanlike. In the AFC, the top seed, the Ravens hosting the Texans. There's no one with more pressure than Lamar Jackson. It's not even close. Jackson pumps, throws back end zone, grab, caught, touchdown. You can throw as many things at Lamar as you want to, but he finds a way to make plays. Lamar Jackson, he's about to be a two-time MVP. This is the best team he's had. With that kind of pressure, people are now waiting. Lamar's got to get to the AFC Championship. He's a nine-and-a-half point favorite over Houston. Very confident. Very, very confident. Extremely confident. Lot of conversation as to whether or not Lamar Jackson is playing for his legacy this weekend. Hello, and Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Michelle Smallman back with us on Monday. Can I just play the semantics game before we uh, hear from Dan Orlovsky? What's up? So the word for versus against. I think Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen this weekend are potentially playing against their legacy, meaning all they could do is really hurt their legacy this weekend. I know people want to believe that Josh Allen is going to have some sort of miraculous win that will help his legacy, but there's still more to go. I think C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love are the only two that are playing for their legacy this weekend. Okay, so... Meaning a win makes us think of you differently. Yes, If Lamar Jackson wins this weekend, we don't think of him differently. No, because he's already going to be a Hall of Famer. Even if Josh Allen wins this weekend, we don't think of him differently. No, because he doesn't have the top line item on his resume. Right. Yeah. So Lamar Jackson, in many ways, to answer the question that we've been asking actually is playing against his legacy because if he loses this weekend, it's a disaster. It's an absolute disaster. And there is a different type of pressure on him than maybe any other quarterback that we have ever seen. And Dan Orlovsky said it. You want to jump in on this first? No, no, no. no, no. So Dan Orlovsky said this uh, yesterday on First Take on ESPN. 
Lamar has to go win the Super Bowl. Winning MVP no longer matters. Getting to the Super Bowl does not matter. And hear me when I say this. This is not pandering. This is not caping. This is the dead honest truth. And there's a little bit of insight to this. People that sound or players that sound, look, and play like Lamar Jackson were never supposed to win Super Bowls in the NFL. In people's eyes, they were never supposed to win Super Bowls in the NFL. You weren't supposed to be able to stand on the podium and sound the way that Lamar does when he talks or look the the way that Lamar does when he talks or play like the way that Lamar plays and win a Super Bowl. You might be good. You might win an MVP. There's people in the league and they have publicly said, I don't care how many MVPs he wins. He will never win a Super Bowl playing quarterback. I don't care what they say. I think Lamar is very aware of that. I think Lamar is very aware of the, no matter what I do, until I win a Super Bowl, people are always going to think that I should have played running back and that people that look like me or kids that look like me or come from the background that I do or sound like I do can't go play quarterback and win a Super Bowl in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, what Dan Orlovsky just said is spot on and it's exactly why you're wrong when you frame it like Lamar Jackson playing against his legacy because a part of Lamar's legacy is organizations believing that this style of quarterback can have success once you get into the postseason. Like Lamar Jackson has had four playoff starts and in three of them has had a QBR of 50 or below. So, I mean, that's the situation. Can a black quarterback that's the athlete that Lamar is, that's as fast as Lamar is, that plays off schedule as often as Lamar does, can that guy have success when it matters most? And so it's more than just Lamar Jackson. It's about the Lamar Jacksons that are yet to come into the NFL. The kids that are at the high school level or the college level that play like Lamar. Can you build an organization around them? Can you trust that that is going to result in your team being able to compete and win titles? That is what's at stake for Lamar. I think checking that box this weekend by getting the team to the championship rounds, yeah, it might not enhance Lamar Jackson's resume in terms of what he's been able to do because he's going to have two MVPs, but it does enhance his legacy because it it can it can confirm to other franchises that you can de- indeed position your team to win a title by having a guy like this that plays quarterback. So let me have you do something again if you could. Can you just explain how you would describe the unimportant stuff, which is football? Because what you just described is the real-life stuff that we're talking no about. No doubt. The unimportant stuff, for the sake of this conversation, how you would describe Lamar Jackson, the football player. Well, I think people... Athlete, you said? Well, I think that's what people would assign to Lamar. I don't necessarily agree with it, right. by the way. I don't. I think Lamar, like Lamar, has you know spent a tremendous amount of time developing his craft and focusing on winning from the pocket. Yeah, which is what I think you have to do in order to compete for a championship. Like I said, when it comes to his QBR in the pocket, it's top five in the NFL. Like he's he's, he's been tremendous in the pocket this year. Now, nobody wants to think about that because we automatically go to the Greg Roman-style offenses. Remember, when he first took over the reins as the starting quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens, they adopted a style of play that was featuring two and three tight ends at times because they didn't have any receivers. And everybody thought, well, they're doing that because they have to run more because that's what Lamar does best. No, that's what the Ravens had to do to win games. They didn't accentuate what Lamar did in the passing game because they didn't have the personnel to do so. But now they have Zay Flowers. Now they have Beckham. They've got Aguilar. They've got Bateman. They've got They've got all of these dudes. So now Lamar is being able to have success from the pocket, and it's resulting in the team having success. But in terms of the perception yeah. of what Lamar was coming into this league, can you take a player 
that has shown this at the high school level and the college level and have success in the NFL? Can you trust that this guy is going to position you to win titles? I think checking that box this weekend does enhance Lamar's legacy in terms of being able to get more teams around the NFL comfortable with the concept of building an entire franchise around a singular talent like him. I think you should be right. My gut is you're not going to be because of the, the team they're playing. Because it's the Texans, and we're not going to give them enough credit for that. But the reason I asked you to describe the characteristics, all those characteristics of the unimportant stuff, like we live in the playground, right, of playing sports, like that's, that's amazing, but it's not the real-life important stuff. Wouldn't all of those characteristics also apply to Josh Allen? Like, yeah. why do we not do the same? Like, isn't it the same? Oh, you know the answer to that. I don't, That's I don't, why I said unimportant. Yeah, no, I mean, but, but you know the answer to that. In terms of style of play, you, you know exactly the answer to that. You know exactly the answer. But again, there, 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 are confirm, there are biases that we all inherently have. Yeah. And that is one of them. Josh Allen, 6'5", 250 pounds, can throw the ball around the yard. Like, he, he can also run over. We, we've seen, like... Turns the ball over a lot he more turns, than Lamar He turns does. the ball over, but we give him a pass for that because he looks like what a franchise quarterback is supposed to be. So we give him a pass. We Well, not we, because you and I don't. Right. But a lot of people give him a pass. A lot of people assign a level of success that he's never had to him. They assign a level of, uh, I guess, prominence to him that he, quite frankly, doesn't deserve because of what it looks like. Nobody questioned whether or not Josh Allen should play quarterback in the NFL coming out of Wyoming. Nobody did. Everybody said, yeah, it's going to take him some time, but he's eventually going to develop into a guy that's going to win Super Bowls. Let me tell you, turning the ball over the way he's been turning it over? No, you ain't. No, not like that. Like, that actually matters. But again, it, it feeds into the different biases, the preconceived notions that we have about the individual players coming into the league. And all we want to do as fans of the game are support our, our suspicions or our biases and with, with, with what we see. So we cherry-pick the different things that we like, and when a player comes up short, if it's a guy that we don't like, then we're going we're gonna, to you know, let everybody know about it. But if it's a guy that we like, we'll make excuses for him. That's the difference between how we look at Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Lamar Jackson has played six years in the NFL. Okay? Each of those years has started at least 12 games. He has had less than 10 turnovers in five of six years. Uh, interceptions, excuse me. Less than 10 interceptions. Five of six years. Yeah. He is in many ways described similarly to Josh Allen, but plays the exact opposite way. He is way more ball control, careful, and safe, and more of a pocket passer than people want to acknowledge. 24 touchdowns, seven interceptions. What, what, what do you want? I don't know. What more? Yes, he's got to win in the playoffs. There's no question about that. But you can't win in the playoffs while being while winning in the regular season. It doesn't happen that way. You win to get to the playoffs. But yeah, legacy for Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson this postseason, no question about it. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.